Albert Einstein once said, Peace cannot be kept by force. It can only be achieved by understanding. Keep this in mind as we discuss today the ongoing tensions between China and Taiwan. And what does it mean in the wake of the revelations of the U.S. Special Forces in Taiwan? My name is Dr. David Waralu. And my name is Dr. Ross Stewart. And you are watching Geopolitics in Conflict. We'd like to thank you for viewing. We'd like to thank you for subscribing. And we are getting closer and closer to our 70 million subscriber goal. Indeed, Ross, we are at 34,700. Oh, that's so really we're close. We're, so that's really close. Little by little. But on a serious <laughs> note, it, it's moving. It's moving in the right direction. So we want to thank uh, our supporters and we want to thank you. And if you did not subscribe yet, please do so right now. We also want to take the uh, advantage of this opportunity to mention to you about our membership. If you want to check it out, go to geopoliticsinconflict.com. And the membership has some very, very interesting perks. As a matter of fact, we're going to be doing the first live presentation for the members on the 15th about oh, nice. Australia. So if you are interested, uh, please consider joining the membership. And of course, consider following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. So, and to our Patreon members, we thank you for your continued support. All right, thank you all for your, for your support. So back to our topic. China's President Xi Jinping mm -hmm. has declared that reunification with Taiwan must be fulfilled. President Tsai mm -hmm. of Taiwan said, Taiwan is a sovereign state. President Xi has not ruled out force to make, to make the reunification real. Yeah, well, he did make that statement recently. And this, interesting enough, that he came up in almost like back and forth between Taipei and Beijing. So the statement of, uh, of Xi, President Xi, that is, of course, is going to be interpreted in the West differently as hostile, as the invasion and all this. You know how it is. Uh, on, on the other side, in Taipei, uh, President Tsai is talking about the sovereignty. And I was like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> a sovereign state, usually it's when it's recognized by yeah. other nations around the world. In the case of Taiwan, most countries around the world recognize motherland China. In Beijing. In Beijing. And as a matter of fact, that was even the United States Treaty with China back in 1979 when you removed the diplomatic recognition from Taipei into Beijing. I remember that very clearly, and that was really a big event. Well, yeah, I, I read up about it, so I, I read out on it a lot. You know, it might be interesting to just do two or three sentences on the history here. That would be nice, Ross. So this way our viewers, <clears throat> I'm sure they do have an understanding of, <laughs> but some might not, but it would be nice to share that with our viewers. Well... Going up, going into uh, 1945, there were two major factors in China. 
Mm-hmm. One was Mao Zedong, mm-hmm. and the other was Chiang Kai-shek. Mm-hmm. And boy, were they enemies. And Mao Zedong had won the peasants and forced Chiang Kai-shek and his army to move to Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And there it stands today. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, I, I, I know this is a brief uh, uh, history about the Taiwan-China tensions and so forth. And we're going to delve deeper into this on Friday, it's this, big, this coming Friday when we do our live. Yes, because it's really a pretty big story. But for our purposes today, this is the origin. Exactly. And just for you to know the background of this. But, but the idea of all this, Ross, has to do also with that treaty I mentioned earlier about 1979. Right. When the United States, well, the way it was about this treaty is that the United States uh, agreed with, with, with Taiwan that it will support the defenses of Taiwan, but stopped short of saying, we will defend you. And this is where majority do not understand that in case of a war between China and Taiwan, the U.S. might not get involved in this at all. And Taiwan could learn the hard way. I mean, you compare the size of the military, 300,000 in Taiwan to a million plus or more. I mean... And the most atrocious weapons devised by humanity. Exactly. And that is where this problem is now. The problem that I see going is this tensions that is increasing in a language. You know, the language of it, the words used are being a little bit too, let me use the term, aggressive in nature well, from one, both sides. The one thing we don't know is mm-hmm. we're getting the translated version in the West, and, but we don't know what's really being said in Mandarin. And the meaning could be really quite different. We know that, that the United States and other forces mm-hmm. tend to exaggerate the negative when it might not be as negative as it really as it seems. Exactly. Well, the way I interpret the speech by uh, President Tsai, yes, she's talking about, you know, it's the Taiwanese people decide and sovereignty and democracy and all that. Yeah, all that, that's, that's fine and nice. But at the same time, what I, what I sensed in, in that speech is that the concern she has over if she pushed too hard, too far, that it will be no point of return and China will move forward with it. The one thing that I am certain of is that China will not go into a military action tomorrow or next year, because next year is the Olympics, the last thing China wants. So if you're looking at something like that, you'll be looking within five-year time frame. However, if, if, if Taiwan pushes forward with independence, this is why the United States uh, stopped short of saying, you know, the last thing you want is in de- declaring independence from Taiwan. I mean, just that's going to push China into acting militarily. Well, didn't in a conversation between Biden and President Xi, didn't Biden acknowledge that there's one China? Indeed. And you that was a- recent. You're absolutely correct. As a matter of fact, it was last week. Oh, that's yeah. really very recent. Yeah. Very recent. When, when President Biden recognized that. <clears throat> well, usually what does it mean? That's sending a message to uh, the international community that, you know, we sh- also, while we might have tensions with China, economic one in this case between the United States and China, we still have to recognize that China is the official country under which Taiwan is. It's one 
country to systems. You know. And this is why no other country except there's one or two, if I'm not mistaken, recognize Taiwan. The rest, they recognize Beijing, not Taiwan. Otherwise, if uh, President Tsai is talking about this sovereignty, well, how come you don't have a seat at the United Nations? Well, how come you don't have international recognition? Yeah. I mean, it just goes on and on. Because that's what it will be. However, there are entities in which the United States will hope for Taiwan to be part of because those do not require sovereign status, you know, like World Trade Organization. Mm. So, but the problem is not about all that. The challenges now that is facing Taiwan is the idea, especially when you consider the recent revelations about U.S. Special Forces training in Taiwan. And it's been going on for a year. Well, about one year, that is correct. And we're going to address this in detail on Friday. But nonetheless, we will share with you some information that we had to check on to make sure. Uh, usually the Pentagon will not disclose the number of, of the troops there. Uh, there are some, I, I came across some articles which I don't, I don't buy that number uh, as a former military myself. Mm. They're talking about 30,000, no, it was none of that. Usually for something like this, when you have special ops, uh, the, the numbers are always limited between about 25 to 75 max. That's now, a very small number. Oh, that's all you need. As a matter of fact, in the case of Taiwan, based on what I find out, it was about 30. <laughs> Yeah. That's very because good. that's what you need. You know, those are, those are instructors. Those right. are, you know, they don't need to have large... Uh, um, and this is what, what was interesting about this, Ross, is that the idea that, as you mentioned earlier, the U.S. has been training the Taiwanese military for almost a year. What does it mean? What is the significance of that? Is, does the U.S. has information that China is about to strike? Is China's rolling over Taiwan inevitable? You know, usually when you have the deployment of special ops, that's usually in preparation for something like this. You know, there's, a, there's an expert who will we'll probably name him on Friday, mm -hmm. sitting in Australia, mm -hmm. in Sydney. Mm -hmm. And he said, President Xi has some very smart advisors. And those advisors are, are telling him clearly, a war is just too dangerous. And it's, it will, the consequences are unknown. And his prediction is that he says, China will not go to war over this. He said the only war they've had was the punishment of Vietnam, which was about six weeks long, decades ago. Mm -hmm. And they pretty well got kicked out of Vietnam. Yeah, he said. So they don't. They're not war. War. They're not war. Worldly. That is, they don't have a lot of experience fighting. Well, because China hardly ever get involved in in fighting to begin with. And what he mm -hmm. said is, China is re really remarkably peaceful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't see. You don't really see aggression from China. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, India and China are now talking again. As a matter of fact, I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, regarding the Himalayan waters. Uh, yeah. They are in talks now. There's going to be the question is who's going to take the first step towards that, which is at least you look at it as a good thing. Yeah. You know, you'd yeah. rather, you rather have peace than be considering war and so forth. I'd rather see that, you know. It might take time, but hey, be it. Because who wants war anymore? I mean, enough of wars. Let's just live in peace. Let all of us live in peace. 
I mean, the, it concerns me a great deal the amount of destruction that's going to result from the case in case Taiwan and China gets involved. That is what concerns me the most. Oh, the destruction could be horrific. Yeah. And I'd rather, yes, and I am, you know, as a, as a human being, doesn't matter, American or not, I'll think of all humans as equal. Yeah. All of them. There is no, uh, this is favor over this. Or, no, 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 no. We all, humans are, we all have some basic rights. We all share some commonality. We're all humans. We all deserve to be happy, live in peace, and so forth. So, right. What concerns me the most is the amount of destructions that could lead into this. And why am I saying this, Ross? And once again, we're going to detail all this on Friday. Because I am seeing the trends of where things are going. As geopolitical analysts, you yeah. have to think on the big picture. Right. And what I'm, what I'm referring to here, I'm referring to the Quad. Yeah. I'm referring to AUKUS. I am referring to now the special ops training. I am referring to the incident of the U.S. nuclear submarine that just had an issue. And I am referring also to the detention yesterday of a couple in the United States who were spying on behalf of a foreign government selling nuclear uh, submarine technology. So you put all this together and you see, uh, and you say to yourself, wow, Everything is geared towards what's taking place in Taiwan. You know, you keep hearing this over and over again. The, the, the run-up to World War I, alliance, 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 us against them. Yeah. How can we group people into us against them? Well, we're seeing it right here. Exactly. Except now, there is one thing that you should understand, especially when it comes down to this AUKUS, the alliance between the United States uh, uh, Australia and United Kingdom. Uh, uh, this is more than just for military. This one has to have quantum computing as part of it, cyber technology as part of it, uh, uh, in, in, in information warfare as part of it, in addition to being a military. So basically what it is, you're looking at a long term and this is the beginning of it for it to expand into including other countries, except I don't see that happening in that part of the world, especially with ASEAN countries. Oh, yeah. They're going to be thinking twice. Why would I want to get myself into this mess? Especially when our biggest trade partner is China. China. <laughs> Indeed. They're going to be looking at that. And you take all this into consideration and, I, and you say to yourself, why, why there is this ratched up in, in, in the wording the words that they're being used are very, very specific and calculated and highlight the amount of tension, the escalating one. So, you know, we talked about using nominalizations in one of our other shows. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that. And that is you use these, use these inflammatory words that don't really mean anything, but they have an emotional impact on you. And they're, they're frequently not even true. Sometimes yeah. they are, but frequently they're not. Mm. But boy, do they get people upset. Yeah, and this is why they send in Descending the idea of the West, for example, they need to hear, oh my gosh, Taiwan this, Taiwan, China is going to invade this way. I just do not see that happening. Militarily, as you explained, which makes perfect sense. Why China will want to risk the prosperity it is enjoying that the world order has provided it with. Right. Because if it goes in a war, 
It's just going to turn things upside down. Why will they do that? Whoever is in the right mind will advise the president of China, you know, you don't want to do that. Well, from what we can tell, he's got some smart advisors yeah. who are saying, don't do it. Exactly. And this is why you hear more often that uh, uh, President Xi always mentioning the word peaceful reunification. No. I don't see him letting this go. I do understand that he wants this to happen under his watch, the reunification of Taiwan with the motherland. Because remember, within about five years or six years from today, that's going to be the main meeting of the uh, CPC. So that's the, oh, yeah. the, the committee and all that, the, the leadership. And, and whether they're going to also extend President Xi's presidency for another 10 years or so. So that's usually how... That'll take him into his 80s. Exactly. And this is why I'm seeing, for him, it becomes more of a legacy issue. But a legacy, you don't want it to be marked by wars. Right. You know, that's the last thing you want. So this is where I see the trends are going. But as far as the idea of, well, China's going to invade this, what we hear here in the West, the inflammatory... Uh, I just heard, uh, uh, what's his name, General Keane. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it's kind of respectfully to the guy who's been in the military long enough. Uh, it just didn't make any sense. The argument didn't hold. At least for me, that's how you I know, see You know, you take a look at Chinese history, and mm -hmm. they, they have ways of dealing with breakaway provinces. Mm -hmm. Because there's such a diverse population, there's always some group that wants to break away. Exactly. And... Well, do we have that here in the U.S. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's that's a reality. I know. <laughs> I know, Ross. It's just we don't talk much well, about yeah, it. Yeah, we don't hear much about it. But, but it exists. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. So. Well, the Civil War in the United States says we're not doing with breakaway from exactly. states and Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> so this is where we see... Uh, this this idea of it, it, it just I don't quite get it as to why we are we in the West and I'm not just playing the U.S. here. It's just I'm I'm talking in general term why we are pushing towards ratcheting up the tensions even more. I mean, hadn't we had enough? So well, <laughs> Vietnam, Afghanistan, and all the wars in between. Have the United States military, the United States government seems to have learned nothing. Because the objective has never been to win a war, basically. I mean, the doctrine that was established in 1953 uh, suggests just to be involved in conflict, not necessarily to win them, as right. long as weapons are being sold. Like we always say, feed the beast in Washington. So, And, and, and it's going to reach time, and I hope it is reaching time, where you're going to, we, American people, is going to say enough is enough where the tax dollars are spent on, you know, what are we going in far land, you know, stirring up trouble and creating all this? Well, hadn't we had enough? Hadn't we learned enough how much Western Hemisphere involved in regime changes and all that? For what? You know, you know live. I always believe, Ross, if I may say this quickly, I always believe in the concept of live and let live. John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Mm-hmm in 1962 said a war in Asia is pure foolishness it's a direct quote wow and of course he didn't live long enough to make that a reality yeah and then we've seen war after war after war now we're looking at 
conflict in Asia. Exactly, and this one will not be pretty. That, that's, that's, that I am convinced about that one. I hope, I really hope it will never get to that. I just don't want to be around for that because it's just not going to be pretty. What would you say is the main takeaway for our viewers today? Well, the main takeaway, especially for you, is to understand what you hear versus what it is are two separate things. Those are two different uh, scenarios. You know. Of course, in the West, you have to expose and keep ratcheting up the tensions regarding you know, this and invasions and uh, China's going to take over the world and all. <laughs> when there is no reality of that, I mean, why will China, I mean, we're not defending China here. It's just what's pragmatic, you know. Why will China take over the world? And what for? What for? And it's not part of their history. No, no. And for us, for the United States to keep, you know, pushing into this direction uh, while wasting our tax money, when we have issues right here at home that can be taken care of. You know, why are we going far lands dealing with this? You look at the Afghanistan 20 years and what have we accomplished? As a matter of <laughs> fact, just three days ago, Ross, the United States sat down with the Taliban in Doha. I read that. I mean, just come on. Then what was the 20 year for? And the almost $6 trillion that was wasted. Unbelievable. Yeah. So the bottom line is, you know, be, 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 be informed, be careful, be considerate about what you hear, and filter that based on how you understand the events. Almost invariably, there is news behind the news that you don't have easy access to that tells a very different story. Well, fortunately, Russ, we're going to be doing that in our membership. That's because right. Because we're going to have a platform where we can talk, and I'm going to use the term freely. <laughs> so uh, we're going to we be ever... doing that in our membership. So, and I hope you can uh, uh, join us uh, to sort of learn more about what we're going to be talking about. We'd like to thank you for viewing. We'd like to encourage you again to subscribe. We're getting closer and closer. Indeed, and? indeed. And as always, stay informed. Till next time. Bye-bye.